We are back at it. Welcome back to another edition of the Pistols Firing Podcast. I'm Carson Cunningham, joined as always by Kyle Porter. Kyle, what's going on, man? Not much. About to have a couple days off here, getting ready for Pebble. Um, mm. Summer, taking the kids to the pool. It's been it's been a good few weeks. Yeah, I've taken some vacation here recently. I had Memorial Day weekend off, went to a wedding last weekend, so... I'm about to start working again, so enjoy your time off. I'm, I got to get back on the grind. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's a weird time because yeah, you're, we're still working, but there's not as much going on, and so you're like, well, do we need to talk about like the fifth coach on the Thunder, or like what what are we doing here? <laughs> you know, that's uh, basically what we're doing. It is what we're doing, <laughs> but you've got sort of the light at the end of the tunnel with like Big Twelve Media Days and football kind of getting cranking in August. So it's a it's a fun time. It's downtime of the year. I'm excited just because I've never been out to Pebble. Pumped to go out there to cover the U.S. Open and uh, play some golf. Should be fun. My dad went there in like the 70s. I've never been, but I've always wanted to. So that, that should be a blast. Yeah. Um, you mentioned it's the slow part of the year, but we have had the baseball and softball teams keeping us busy. Let's touch yes. on. We're gonna we're gonna have Coach Kenny Gajewski on here in a minute, but let's touch on on baseball first. Uh, Josh Holiday comes through. Him and the Cowboys come through uh, with the, with the win to win the regional, and they're gonna advance and play Texas Tech. It was um, there were some nervous moments, Kyle, but they ultimately came out on top on their region. Where did you where when did, where were you whenever you first saw the Trevor Boone home run on what was that Friday night Saturday night? I was on my couch opening my laptop to to discover it because I I had a wedding that next day and I was out late and was not watching TV. I so had... I watched it on a loop about twenty five times in a row. Yeah, that's pretty much what I I woke up on. What was it? It was Saturday night, wasn't it? I, I believe. I think it was. I think it was Friday night, Saturday morning. Okay. Is when I discovered it, um, I had gone to bed because I'm old, and Marshall Scott was there covering it, and I had told him earlier. He he's been on a crazy schedule. Like he's been softball and baseball driving to okay i mean he's all over the place he's been doing a great job but i told him i was like man get, just get out of there like if it gets if it gets out of hand like because nebraska was up early and you're like whatever dude like you don't need to be in okc until one in the morning and i was like just just go home you know get some rest we'll back at it the next day thankfully <laughs> he ignored me did not listen to me <laughs> stayed there and uh, and covered what was one of the more exciting like ten minute stretches I would say in Oklahoma State baseball history. That was crazy, and especially in the last twenty years. <laughs> I yeah. mean, I I don't know where to begin with the bat flip and the home run. I mean, <laughs> first off, just this team's been so much fun to watch because they they are literally like a video game baseball team. They yeah. just hit bombs every single game uh copyright phil mickelson uh but trevor boone and colin simpson when they unleash one you just you know instantly and trevor boone did that he threw that bat a nanosecond after making contact it was like instant i don't even know how your brain can process a home run that quickly yeah i I thought marshall said it well he's like he knew it was gone halfway through a swing like not even like not (laughs) not even when he can like after he can eat, like he knew on like the downswing, we'll you know we'll see you. Yeah, 
and then it hits through the letter and the, the Carson McCusker in the on deck circle throwing his bat in the air. There were so many great moments in that. Uh, and I guess Kyle, I was not awake. They're wearing the road uniform, so that wasn't a walk off. They still had to finish out the inning, right? Right. They had to. Uh, they had to keep Nebraska from scoring in the bottom half. Um, yeah. But yeah, and and not only that, like, so the th- my my deal with this stuff is like emotionally that's as as high as you get in, in a in a like a event like a like a baseball game like you you can't get any higher and to come back from that on like for the rest of the weekend and look they got they got and lose to to Yukon and then you're like okay well is it, you know are we going to remember this like remember the A&M walk-off grand slam to where they ultimately lose to Duke and don't make it to the super regional or is this something that propels them on? And thankfully, they were able to win on uh, Monday against UConn to, to move on to Texas Tech. But that's a difficult thing to, to bounce back from, and, and they were able to do it uh, eventually on, on Monday. Yeah, and I, I watched a lot of the game on Monday, and I was impressed with UConn. Like, you don't think of Connecticut when you, when you think of college baseball, but they had a really good pitcher, and um, it showed, OSU showed a lot of resolve just winning that game, 3-1. to one. I thought McCusker had a big game, so they – they they get to I think it's kind of ironic Kyle that you know there was a lot of discussion that, that Texas Tech got the national seed should it have yep. gone to OSU will Tech swept in during the regular season well here it is spot in Omaha is on the line you get to go prove it and I I do I will say it's it's kind of obviously you'd rather be playing at home at Alley P or in Oklahoma City in Bricktown. But there is some something kind of unifying about going on the road and staying together. You know, Holiday had this great speech after the game about how they get to spend another week together. And I think being on the road, you kind of you get rid of all the distractions of friends, family. You're just kind of on the road together. So I think that, that could be a good thing, even though they have to go on the road to Texas Tech. Yeah, I think they're in a good spot. Not not only going on the road, but also the fact that they got swept by Tech. I know that sounds dumb because you're like, well, do you want to go play a team that just swept you like a month ago or six weeks ago, whatever it was? But – my thing with that is like, okay, well, what do you have to lose? Like, they won the Big 12. They swept you. They're at home. They're the national seed. They're supposed to win. And so you just go you go into it. You, you already did what you were supposed to do. Like, if you lose the regional and OKC, that's not great. Like, that's, you know, it's not terrible, but it's not great. Um, but if you lose the super regional, who cares? And so you're able to go into it with no pressure. You know, and not no pressure. Like you're still gonna feel it a little bit, but I honestly, I think it's a much better spot than if, say, like Dallas Baptist had won that Tech regional, and then you're playing in Alley P, and you've got, you've just got a bunch, a bunch of stuff going on. I, I think, I think it's good for them, and I think they're gonna be competitive, and and you know, hopefully, it'd be, it'd be pretty cool to go to the College World Series two times in the last four years under Holiday. That would be. And yeah, it would be awesome to have Ali P get sent out with a super regional, but wouldn't that add a ton of pressure on these players? Like, yes, the ent- it's the stadium's history. Like maybe Gary Ward shows up. Like, I don't know. Like just, that would be a lot of uh, undue pressure on guys who haven't had that, that level of pressure all season. So but no, that'll be, that'll be, no, I, like I legitimately thought like if they got a super regional, like doesn't Gary Ward have to show up? Like Probably. doesn't he have to like just sit there and watch for a few games and just Contra- get some TV time and introduce him before the game? Contractually obvi- obligated. No, uh, I think it would have been great. Yeah, it would have. Real quick uh, before we call uh, Coach Gaski, uh, Big Twelve payouts were announced since we last podcasted. Uh, Oklahoma State and every other Big Twelve team gets uh, thirty-eight point eight million from the big 12 for the 2000 
uh, I guess it would be the 2018-19 fiscal year. So the Big 12 announces their payouts well ahead of um, every other conference. So there's not there there's nothing really to compare it to other than last year or last fiscal year's payouts for other conferences. So you're you're kind of a it's a weird comparison. You don't want to get too deep into that, but just initial thoughts on 38.8 million for Oklahoma State and the Big 12. I what was it last year? Do you have that handy? Yeah, it was 30 it was like 36 and a half. So about the same. Just yeah, a couple two, million more. Yeah, a couple million more. Yeah, no, I mean it's it's a great thing. I mean, not long ago, you and I were talking about which conference OSU was going to end up in because we I thought know. the Big Twelve was dead and buried. So obviously, the the times are are much better. I think the Pac twelve has kind of replaced them as the the fifth mm-hmm. Power Five uh, conference. Just that they're so bad in football and and really basketball too. The two mon- the two revenue generators, and I think. That doesn't even get into third tier money either, Kyle. So they're actually making more money than that, I believe. Yeah, that's correct. That correctly. That's correct. And they actually signed a contract with ESPN. So this is kind of a, an interesting deal. It got announced during, I think it was in April during the Masters because I sort of missed it. But um, they they signed a deal with ESPN. So ESPN has ESPN Plus now, which is their sort of subscriber, five bucks a month, get all this content. And what the Big 12 has done is sent all of, all of their third-tier stuff. So um, baseball games, soccer games, you get a couple basketball and maybe one football a year onto ESPN+. And ESPN has paid the Big 12 $40 million for this content for the next six years. Now, in addition to that, ESPN also gets three Big 12 title games that the Big 12 was shopping around. So there's more to it than just like, you know, a, a March baseball game that you're getting. But um, so you're going to tack on that 40 mil kind of spread out over the next six years, which, you know, it's not it's not stupid money when you spread it out among that many teams and that many years. But it's still, you know, significant going forward. Absolutely. And it's just the better way to make money with this third tier. So I think they're starting to figure out how to how to monetize the the online viewing. And that's that's key moving forward. So obviously the Big 12 has, has put their put their brain power towards that. And that's smart because that's where everything's heading. Yeah. And to your point about the PAC 12, so, uh, 2018, these are final numbers, fiscal year, sec 43.7 mil per team, uh, big 10, 54 mil per team. (laughs) Sick. Who wants to watch the big 10? Apparently everyone. Well, Uh, they have a lot of alums, I guess. That's who ACC was uh, 29 and a half mil. Not good. Oh, so Big 12's up there. Big 12, this and again, like they're the 38.8 is a year ahead. So last year they were 36.5. That's that's the apples to apples comparison with those other conferences. So they were seven mil ahead of the ACC, but 20 behind the Big 10. And then Pac 12 was 31.3. So the Big 12 is comfortably in the third spot. And honestly, Carson, like not that far away from the SEC because this 36.5 number doesn't inc- didn't include their third tier rights and the SECs did because they have the SEC network. So mm. um yeah, I mean it's it's a bit, I've been saying this for a couple of years. Big 12 is in a good spot. They really are. And if you if you say that they're not, then you're just sort of ignoring like the reality of the numbers. And that's a good thing, too, because as much as I entertain the idea of being in the Pac-12 or the SEC, like you need a conference in this part of the country. And I do like all the natural rivalries in the, in the Big 12 that OSU already has. So I'm, I'm cool with the Big 12 staying alive. So that's, that's good news. For sure. Uh, okay, you want to call Coach Gayaski?
do it. Okay, let's uh, let's call Coach, and uh, we're going to talk talk to him about just Oklahoma State's unbelievable run into the Women's College World Series, playing OU, uh, beating Florida, just so many different things that happened over the last couple of weeks, and, and just kind of get his perspective on everything. Okay, we are now joined by OSU softball coach Kenny Gajewski, fresh off the Women's College World Series. Coach, now that you've had a few days to kind of process the journey you guys went on to, to Oklahoma City, just what do you reflect on most after this, this season? Well, first off, thanks for having me, me guys. I, I, I think the biggest thing um, to reflect on is just uh, what this team just accomplished um, and um, how, how we've been um, building um, the last four years to, to continue to elevate. And um, while we're not there, I think it's important that after, after each year you take time to um, reflect on the successes that um, your team had. And so um, it's hard because everything happens so, so fast. Uh, the season goes by fast. When the season ends, you immediately um, have to do exit meetings with all your kids and then they leave. And then our freshman just moved in here just last night. So it's like, here we go for <laughs> the fifth year. And so, um, it's you have to I think that's one thing I've learned in my time is you have to enjoy the journey um while you're um uh in the car and um and and, and so that's what we've done and um I, I think I'm getting better each year at, at at being able to sit back and reflect and, and and enjoy some cool moments as they happen and um you know, we reflect on where things went well, where they didn't, how do you improve and um, and, and then, you know, um, how do you sit back and just appreciate and thank the kids and your support staff that helped you get there? So um, there's just a lot that goes on. Um, but, uh, you know, when you love your job, when you love what you do, uh, every, every day is, is um, fun and uh, rewarding and, and filled with joy. So um, we've, I think we've done a good, good, good job of doing that throughout our year. Um, try to get caught up on all your text messages and emails and <laughs> phone calls and, and hearing from people that, that you hadn't heard from in a long time. And I think that's where I find my, my, my joy. What was the first point in the season? Cause you guys had a, a really just a great year throughout, won a ton of games. What was the first point during the regular season where you, where you're kind of thinking, okay, this this is a little different. This has a chance to be maybe pretty special throughout, you know, kind of into the postseason. I, I think it's. I think the first point is is a pretty obvious one for everybody in our organization that's around here. Um, our first first one was in uh, Houston, um, opening weekend, um, where we walked off on on Kentucky. Uh, Kentucky was a top 10 team, I think at that point, or right, right there around the top 10, uh, we got down, um, and, uh, we, we just kind of started inching back and then we hit a big three run home run. I think it was to, to walk off them. And, and we had a huge crowd there, huge following some, some alumni who, who had flown in, who, who were excited about what this team may, may, may be. And, that was a moment that um, that we hadn't truly had yet. We hadn't had a walk off home run here. We we've had a couple walk off hits. Um, we we had a walk off against Baylor, but it was a run rule. Uh, it was a home run, so it wasn't as dramatic. It, it was, you know, it's just kind of cool. 
Um, but that was a moment that in my first three years we hadn't had where we walked off um, with a home run and then to top it off against a top 10 team um, who's been in the World Series a couple of times in the last couple of years. So um, that was a huge moment. And I can remember um, walking to the bus um, and I was talking to a lot of our fans and parents and I was looking at our bus and our bus was rocking back and forth. And I was like, what in the world is going, is going on? And so as I got c- closer, <laughs> I could hear the music coming out of there. And I, I, real, I realized at that moment, wow, this team gets it. They're, they truly enjoy each other. Um, they know how to celebrate because you've got to celebrate along the, the, the uh, way. Um, and um, and they, they were doing that. And I was just, just like, we got a chance. We got a chance to be really good. And you guys came back from from behind in so many games, Kenny. I think it was 16 come from behind wins this year. It was by far the most in the country. Just were moments like that. Have you, or your background in baseball. I mean, is it is it can a team can that kind of take an identity of a team to where no matter how many runs you're down, you just always feel like you're in it? Because this team just constantly, time and time again, would come back and win games in, in dramatic fashion. Well, I think it's a mentality that that we've been working for, uh, working towards. Um, who we want to be. I mean, I want to be a pro- program that you better not count us out. It's so easy this day and age. Um, our society is such a, um, uh, instant gratification type deal. You know what I mean? With social media and everything. So you have to know that and you have to be able to understand that you have to evolve. And, um, you know, back in, in the uh, day, um, you know, you get up on a team five or six zip and the game w- was over. Um, most people would just roll over and go, we can't come back. And, um, and then in our society now, um, man, it's like people get, they get bored. So you, so you, so you get down and you're like, well, we'll just get them tomorrow. Well, that's not the the, uh, way it works. And that's not the uh, way that you're going to be successful in life. And so, um, I, I kind of, um, I kind of, um, very familiar with coach Gary Ward, who is a longtime baseball coach here had tons of success here and, that was kind of their MO for a lot of years. They were never out of anything, ever, ever, ever. And, um, and we've talked a lot about these old teams that have played through here, whether they were softball or baseball or golf or football or basketball. These people are never out of things here. And, and so that's the, the mentality that I've tried to embrace since day one. And it's kind of finally starting. We're finally starting to see the fruits of, of these teams' labor um, as they plugged along, and, and they just don't ever think that they're out of it. And um, I think part of that is we have more depth than we've ever had. We can actually go to our bench, and there's some really good players that are waiting to play. And so they're hungry, and when you're hungry, you're motivated, and uh, when you're motivated, good things happen. And so um, I think that's just become a um, part of our program, who we, who we are and who we want to be. What was the most fun postseason game that you had? Because you, you go you go regional at, at home, obviously, and then um, you go to Florida State. That's such a big series. I mean, with them being the defending champs, and then you go women's college world series. What what's the game that in fifteen years, when some of these players you know come back and visit you, what's the one game that you'll maybe discuss with them? Well, the one that comes to mind right now is probably the the uh, Tulsa game at home. Um, to um, a team that we've struggled against. We've got a lot of respect for uh, Coach Bargefeld and his program at 
at Tulsa, and they've kind of kicked our butt in my first year, years here. And this year we kind of turned that tide. But that 13 to 10 game, um, I can remember being in the visitors' dugout and looking over at Tulsa, and, and they were feeling pretty good about themselves, and um, they should have. And they're they're coming back on us and going, here we go again. And um, I can remember Logan Semenek, um, you know. Um, struggling and walking in two runners with the bases loaded. I can remember the big home run by Shy Factor. Um, I just remember all of these things that happened at that game. It was a big moment for our program, hosting a regional for the first time, um, being a national seed. Um, the crowd was crazy. We endured the weather, all this kind of stuff that was going on. Um, and to see certain kids just rise up and um, continue to do the things that they do, um, and it's just an amazing thing to look back on for the fact we scored 13 runs. We actually, and we gave up 10. I mean, we, and we still won. We were down. We came back kind of the mentality of this program at this time. So I think it was just a cool moment. We have others, you know, in Tallahassee were some great games. Um, but I think we wouldn't be in Tallahassee if we didn't win that 13 to 10 game and, and to yeah. watch these young kids grow, to watch Simonek. Well, the reason that Simonek was so good in Tallahassee is, as a coaching staff, we made a decision to keep her in there, um, and she had to grow, and she did. And in a matter of one week's time, we watched the kid take these giant steps, and uh, that's what coaching is about, and that's what um, what our program is is all about. So I think right now, as I sit back here today, that's that's probably the one I'll remember the, the most up to this point. Yeah, that, that OSU-Tulsa game was nuts. It was like one of the highest scoring games in NCAA history as well. Uh, I think a yeah, lot of fans yeah. a lot of fans will look back at this season, Kenny, and they'll remember the bat flip. we got to talk about that with Samantha Shaw and the season she had and just how that took on a life of its own. They were printing T-shirts, I guess, with this bat flip logo. Just tell me more about how that came to be and just the season she's had. Well, you know what's weird is, um, is um, I didn't see the first bat flips. Um, and I rarely see any of them because my initial reaction is not to watch her, is to watch where, watch <laughs> where the ball goes. And so I didn't see any of these bat flips until they kind of took a life of their own. Um, I didn't even know about uh, the Oregon one until the game was over, and they said, can you believe this? And I'm like, what? And I saw it on the on social media. I was like, oh, my word. Um <laughs> And so I had to make a decision in my, in my mind, you know, and that decision was, do I tell her that I don't want that or do I let her be herself? And um, I thought about it for a while and I talked to her the, uh, I think it was that evening. I said, Hey, I saw your, your uh, bat flip. And she kind of looked at me like, "Uh Oh, I'm in trouble. And I said, Hey, I'm going to be honest. I don't love it. Like I, 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 I don't, um, I, I wouldn't want my son to do it, but if this is who you are, you have to continue to be like this, and it has to always be geared at our team and our program, and she looked at me and said, yes, sir. She goes, I don't actually know why it happened. She goes, I've always wanted to bat flip, but it's never happened, and it just came out of me, and I said, Sam, if you'll just continue to be who you are, I have no problem there. Um, and I'm getting better at letting these kids express themselves. I just always worry about the, the brand. I worry about our image. Um, but if these kids are truly giving you everything that, that, that uh, they've got and they're truly doing it for the girls, 
I am okay. And that's, that's where my growth has come in the last couple of years um, as a head coach is, is letting these kids be who they are as long as it's respectful to the opposing team. And there's some people that hate it. There's some people that will love it. Um, it's, 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 it's turned people into softball fans that were never interested in our game in the last eight weeks. It's been mm-hmm. crazy. So um, Sam's a polarizing kid. She's revered by her teammates. Um, she will go down as one of the greats to play at our, at our, at our um, program. Um, she had one of the best years in softball history. Um, and to do that in one year here, I think it tells you a lot about her. It tells you a lot about how her teammates um, uh, helped her, um, how she helped this program. Just an amazing kid. Um, the bat flips, I mean, bat slams, bat tomahawks, whatever you want to call them. Um, <laughs> it's just who she's become, and um, I'm proud of her because she's had opportunity to fight back on social media on some of the very negative comments. She hasn't done that. Um, she's handled this very well. And I will tell you that she is going to, um, if she continues to handle it well, she's going to make a name for herself for a long time in, in this game. And the opportunities that have come her way since that um, are immense. Um, we're, we're having to really uh, siphon through what's important, what's not, how, how it helps her, how it doesn't. And, mm-hmm. um, She's taken on a new life um, that is uh, is crazy. What, what kind of opportunities are, are there? Out, are you talking about like professionally, or what? What does all that look like? Well, I would think playing wise, um, it's opened her up to all kinds of things. She's already turned down multiple things, um, so uh, she is going to play for the Scrapyard uh, Fast Pitch uh, Professional Team out of Houston, which is in her home area. Uh, which is awesome. Uh, they're a very, very good team, um, very, very well run. So she's going to be doing that. Um, she's got, I think she's going to go to Italy as well and play for a month, um, get to travel the country of Italy, get to uh, go through all, all of that. Um, uh, she's got marketing opportunities that are, uh, that are, are just going crazy. Um, you know, you've seen the T-shirts, you've seen other things. Um, she's got uh, equipment companies that are wanting to do endorse her, um, and and it's really cool. So she's just going to be doing a lot of things. We're trying to help her navigate all all that stuff um, because I told her, uh, you know, the one thing that got you these opportunities was your softball. So don't forget that, and don't forget that in all this mayhem that is kind of going on right now, you still have to train. And you still yeah. have to take care of your your body and just do those things because if your softball goes down, so will all of this other stuff. So um, she's just a kid who's coming in to do her own, learning who she is, um, learning how to manage that, and that's a lot of work. Okay, I want to get more into your background. You obviously played baseball at Oklahoma on the 94 National Championship team. Everyone's kind of heard the story how you were a groundskeeper at first and Patty Gasso kind of mentored you a little bit. How did you decide to make the transition from the baseball world to the softball world? Uh, luck, uh, you know, having good 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 friends um, like Tim Walton, um, who gave me the opportunity to uh, get into this great game. Um, me quitting, being stubborn um, because I had the opportunity to to to. Uh, 
get into this a couple times with him, with, with Patty. Um, and uh, uh, I just got to to myself, honestly. I mean, my thought was I'll never coach a female athlete. There's just no way. Um, they just don't get it. It's not the same as guys, blah, 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 blah. And then as I got around it, be, being around Tim more and more, I used to go visit him a lot. Um, I was like, these girls are unbelievable. They, they get it. Um, they truly love what they do. It's not a stepping stone. It is the final piece of the, of the puzzle here. And so, um, that's, that's kind of the way we've done it. And, uh, that's, so that's how I got, got into this. You know, I got to be around Patty a bunch. I got to watch her train her team. I got to watch her coach her team. I, uh, I've got a 2000 national championship OU softball ring that they gave me. Um, um, as I was working at OU, uh, Patty used to ask me to travel with them, um, to be in their dugout, to bring energy. I think also just to pick my, my, uh, baseball brain, if that, you know, if that makes sense. And, mm-hmm. um, and, and that's how it kind of be, be evolved. You know, it's not the, I don't have the, the, the traditional path to be a coach. I mean, I always wanted to be a coach and, I let money um, steer me the other way um, and uh, some lessons learned. And, and um, so um, I think that's what it is. But work ethic and, and um, uh, love for what you do and passion, those are things that, I, that I've always had and I always will have. And um, trying to manage people well, I've learned a lot, you know what I mean, on, on managing people. I'm still not the perfect person, but I, I get better each year. And um, there's just so much that goes into this. But my path is nuts. Um, I've always had a love for baseball. Um, and then as I got around the softball game, I started to fall in love with that. And um, I've been around some great people, you know, Patty in softball, Tim uh, in softball. I've got some great baseball folks that um, are still coaching um, that uh, I've been around and mentor me and I still talk to on a daily basis about life or just friendship and all that kind of stuff. So, um, you know, uh, I'm lucky. I know that, um, just continue to try to get better. Um, and, um, and then being appreciative of what you got. And I'm at a great place here that, um, I want to be at for a long time and with a lot of history and, um, with a little bit of luck, um, and a whole lot, a lot of hard work and a lot of hours. Um, you know, we've been able to, as a staff and team to get us to this point and, and, um, again, my path, see, the question was more about the path, but, um, it's a crazy path and, and uh, I wouldn't recommend it to anybody that wants to be a coach. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but that's my path and that's my story. Okay. Coach last one I got for you. I think Carson might have one more, but, uh, for me, it's just, what is the feedback from uh, coach Holder been about this season? I, I know you've kind of mentioned throughout that he's been, he's been into it. He's been enjoying it. Does that mean when you walk in his office, he like bat flips his keyboard whenever you, whenever you go in there or what, how, how has it been from kind of y- y'all's relationship in that perspective? Well, well, my, my relationship with him is, uh, is unreal. Um, I, uh, there's very few coaches who can walk into an AD's office and just knock on the uh, door and just walk in and, and he's never said no, um, you know, about having time to talk. Uh, it doesn't matter what time of the, uh, day it is. He's got time. Um, he's pretty giddy. Um, he's been giddy about this team all year. I think he's been pretty giddy about this program since we got going. Um, and, um, it shows in the, what and things that they do and the way they take care of us. But, uh, um, yeah, he's, uh, He's excited. Uh, I think everybody in this department are excited, and they're excited about a lot of our teams, right? I mean, we've had, we're having 
success here um, in all sports. So, uh, but as far as softball goes, um, you know, he's he's very aware that there's a lot of changes that we need um, facility-wise. Um, we're in the process of uh, doing all that. You're not going to see it uh, probably in the next 10 months. It's probably going to be more like a, uh, the next 18 months. You're going to start to see a lot of things that are going to start to uh, change. Um, we're talking about uh, all that stuff now. We've been talking about it for the last six months. So it's not like this has just spurred that. It's been pretty apparent that we are growing and um, we've got some uh, issues with bathrooms and seating and a new field and things like, like that. So we're in the process of all that. Um, he is fully supportive. Um, him and his wife, Robbie, are huge softball fans. Um, I call him a closet softball fan. Like he just uh, looks like he almost didn't want anybody to uh, know. And now he's just can't stop talking about it. You know, I think he loves um, his favorite player is uh, Bayless. He just loves the way she plays with energy, and uh, uh, he he just he always talks about her. And all, obviously, loves Shao and some of these returning kids like Lynch and Montgomery. And um, but he loves all of these kids. He knows more than I ever thought he knew about our whole team. It's crazy. Um, he, he's always asking me things, and and that's what's kind of cool. He's very active and very. Um, uh, uh, knowledgeable about our team and the program, and you don't always see him. Um, like, like he'll tell me, he goes, "Hey, I was at your game," and I'm like, "You were?" He's like, "Yeah, I just wandered in for a while and uh, did this <laughs> and that." And and then I'll hear from others, "Yeah, he was there today again." And I ch- I challenge him every time I can to be around here more, hang around, come out for practice, just come around. I invite him to come speak to our uh, first of the year meeting each year with our team. I want our girls to know who he is, to know how accessible that he is. And um, it's just really, uh, it's really good when you're, uh, when your big boss is involved and wants to see your program doing well. We're fans of coach Holder. We've had him on this podcast. We are, we are fascinated by coach Holder. Before I get to my last question, what is it like to be in a job interview with coach Holder? Uh, intimidating. Um, uh, but he, 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 he put me at ease. Um, when I interviewed with uh, him, uh, for, for the job here, he put me, me at ease. He actually, um, I was going to be picked up at Ben OKC by, uh, my main boss, who's Jesse Martin, who's another guy that you should have on your podcast. Cause he's got knowledge of everything here. He's be very insightful for all of your, uh, all of your lists centers but uh um he was gonna be picking me up and then i got a text message right before i i landed and and it was from him and chris young who were the two people on the committee um at that time they were hiring uh, the softball coach and they said hey change of plans um coach holder is gonna pick you up at the airport and i was (laughs) like oh crap like so i got off the plane got my bag um kind of went in the bathroom got my teeth brushed got dressed, I put, 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 put on a suit and tie, and um, I got out, I, I walked out, and I saw him there, and I, you know, we shook hands, and he, we got in his uh, car, we started to uh, drive, and he goes, why in the world are you in a suit? He goes, I told you, no suits here, and I said, well, I just wasn't sure, I said, you only get one chance to make this first impression here, and here here he is in holy jeans, and a, a vest, and, and all this, like a, like a um, you know, zip-up vest, and I was like... Oh my gosh, this is awesome! You know what I mean? And he goes, "I told you, you could be in shorts." He goes, "I don't care what you're you're dressed at, just just be you." And and so at that moment, it just put me me at ease. And you know, he's so honest. 
um, you can tell that he loves OSU like right away. Like it just oozes out of him. Um, you can tell um, his passion, the way he speaks. Um, and he just cut right to the chase. We didn't, we didn't need a lot of time. He knew so much about me at the time. It was awesome. Um, he, you know, he, he, he said, he goes, Hey, listen, um, there's a lot of pe- people here that if we hire you are going to say, what are, why would you hire a guy from OU? Um, and he goes, I think it's awesome. And he goes, and I don't want you to, um, forget where, where, where you came from. You know, he goes, I just want you, you get this opportunity to, to be the best cowboy that you can be. And, um, and that's the mentality I've taken here. And, and he instilled that in me in the first 10 minutes of our first talk. And, um, and it's something that I'll never forget. It's something that I'll, uh, uh, I can say that's truly in my foundation of what we've tried to, to do here and the way we try to inspire our kids here. And, um, uh, the more you talk to him, uh, the more you find out he's got the, he's got as big a heart as anybody that you've ever been around. It just takes you a little bit of time to kind of break through and see, see that. But once you do, um, he's a special man, and um, I have more respect for him than anyone here. And um, uh, it's it's because his care factor is so high. That, that's awesome. You've been really uh, generous with your time. One last question for you: Just you mentioned the tradition of OSU softball and obviously the need to improve facilities and, and all that, but how much making the college world series, how much can that springboard you and your program uh, moving forward? Well, I think we go back to, to our first team here who we call team one. Um, I just look at everything that they accomplished in their first year. Um, you know, uh, we won 30 wins for the first time. We had 30 wins for the first time in three, four, four years at that point. Um, went to a regional, uh, played the number four uh, schedule in the country, um, forced Georgia to a regional final if game, um, broke records on the offensive side, and that's the team who got this started. And the next year we just continued to build on that. And so I think we, we, we go about it the same way. Next year with Team 5 is a brand-new year. Um, it, what happened this past year means nothing. Um it should um, resonate with these new kids and returning kids that um, this is uh, that we have some history that we have um, uh, some experience that we haven't had. Um, we have some um, confidence that we should have. Um, we're going to be more talented each each year. Um, so all that stuff should help us, but it means nothing until you go out and play and train and. Uh, prepare each day and if this next team doesn't take the same mentality that the previous four years did then we won't be as good and um, there are no guarantees Um, none nobody owes you anything we'll have a bigger bullseye on our back and um, uh, we're going to have to handle that Um, we're going to have to use that we're going to have to um, uh, learn how to um, uh, handle that so um, it should be fun we should have a great team um, we'll try to, you know, use this, these first four years to help us. But, um, again, it's a new team with new faces that have to bond and come together. Um, and, uh, that's the hardest part in what we, we do. It's not softball. It's getting these kids together to, um, play the way we played inspired. Um, and truly what they say to, to each other is, for the girls and uh if they can live like that and train a lot like that and and love each other like that then uh we'll have 
success again, and and uh, I'm excited for what that'll bring. Well, you guys certainly did a great job of it this year, and uh, like Carson said, we really appreciate your time, appreciate you coming on, and uh, just great answers. You know, I, I I know that you know it's sometimes easy to give just stock answers to some of the questions, but um, I appreciate your thoughtfulness of just kind of walking through everything. And yeah, wish you guys the best this summer and into the fall. Appreciate it, guys. Appreciate what you do, and uh, we'll come on at any time. And and um, uh, just love being here at OSU. Thanks, Coach. Have a good awesome. one. Thanks, Coach. All right, guys. Thank you. All right, bye. Bye. Carson, what's up? Where do I where do I get softball tickets? <laughs> he's pretty Sign great, huh? Man, oh, he's awesome. Yeah, and he, and here's the deal. Like, I, so I. I have a hard time with this because I don't cover other universities, other college teams. I don't know if Oklahoma State is unique in how many really great personalities it has as, like, for its coaches. Like, is that just something to where, like, if you're a great personality, you sort of rise into this position at a variety of schools? Or, like, I I, I have a hard time telling, but it seems like everybody that we have on, you're just like, well, that, that guy's awesome. That woman is awesome. Like, it I, and again, like, I don't know if this is an Oklahoma State specific thing or if that's just like industry wide. That's just sort of how it works. Well, I think you got to look at Mike Holder and the type of people yeah. he's hiring. I mean, the magnetic personality of, of a Kenny Gajewski, the magnetic personality of a, of a Mike Boynton, only trans and Mike, Mike Gundy, Holiday, it only translates to recruiting and coaching kids. I mean, I think that's one of the main things Coach Holder looks for. And uh, no, you're. You're not wrong in that they have a lot of dynamic personalities. I, I go back to the press conference Coach Gajewski was at with Patty Gasso and Tim Walton, the two people that probably inspired him most to get into softball. And that he's like, I learned when I sat down here that there's 34 College World Series appearances amongst these coaches, and I make 35. And he goes, he goes David, and points at himself, and points at the other coach and goes, Goliath. <laughs> and just to be that self-deprecating and that funny is just a glimpse of t- type of guy he is and then type of personality he is so you're not you're not wrong in that there's a lot of characters to cover at osu yeah it, yeah and, and i just i don't know I, I mean i could talk to probably any coach at osu about mike holder forever i thought um i thought his bat flip stuff was really insightful and interesting mm-hmm. like i didn't know and maybe he had mentioned this before and I just hadn't seen it, but I didn't know that he was sort of against it, but allowed it or like even encouraged it if it was for the right reasons. That's pretty deep. And that's pretty, that's a pretty fascinating way to approach that because I think it makes your players really think about stuff. And I don't know. I I really like that. He obviously loves his job. Um, Maybe he loves his family. Uh, Would have to ask Mike Gundy about that. I'm sure he, he talked does. about so, he kidding. talked about society. He did talk about society. I'm kidding. I know he loves his family. That's a Mike Gundy joke. Um, and I thought he said we want to be a program where you better not count us out. And they have, uh, you know, look like we're we're not super deep into covering softball throughout the season, but obviously when it pops up, they make a regional, super regional, go on to the women's college world series. This was clearly a team that like you said, like you couldn't count them out. And they were, I mean, they were a blast to cover. Like it was a lot of fun over the last month or so to check in, see what was going on. And uh, yeah, just, just kind of cover them uh, over the last four or five weeks. 
Yeah, it was it was a blast, and I mean they earned it to to beat Tulsa, a program he said they had a lot of trouble with, and then go on the road and beat the defending national champs. Man, they they earned it, and then to win the first game in the World Series. It was it was quite a journey for sure. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we're gonna switch gears. Actually, real quick, let's let's talk about um, what should we do here? Let's talk about this week's OSU schedule, which is brought to you by Chris's University Spirit, your one-stop cowboy shop on campus corner. And be sure to shop online at chrisuniversityspirit.com. So the only thing on the slate this week, Carson, we've got – actually, I think there's track and field, but the only thing we'll be covering is we got baseball. Oklahoma State plays at Tech on Friday at 2. That's interesting. Usually it's a seven, 6 or 7 o'clock start. I think it's on ESPN2. And then you've got Saturday and Sunday, if necessary, at 5 o'clock for each one of those games. Uh, and that's it. It's summertime. There's nothing else really going on. Um so yeah, that's that's the slate for this weekend. It's like football. They avoided a nighttime kickoff for baseball. In Lubbock. In Lubbock. Yeah, in Lubbock. You don't want to play at night in Lubbock, so that's no, that's a good sign. <laughs> I've been there many times. Tortillas <laughs> will be flying otherwise. Yeah, you definitely don't. And before we before we're gonna call Kyle Boone and talk just freak out about recruiting, but before we do that, uh, let's hear one more time from our sponsor, our great sponsor, our longtime sponsor, Chris's University Spirit. Chris's University Spirit on Campus Corner in Stillwater, Oklahoma is proud to be your one-stop cowboy shop since 1986 and proud sponsor of this podcast, Pistols Firing. They specialize in custom-printed Oklahoma State apparel and merchandise and pride themselves on their excellent customer service. They also offer a full line of custom Greek apparel and can even outfit your Little League team head-to-toe. They're located at the corner of 3rd and Knobloch on Historic Campus Corner. You can follow them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and be sure to shop online at chrisuniversityspirit.com. Shop Stilly, shop Chris's University Spirit. Okay, Carson, we're back. We need to call Kyle Boone. I've been uh, slacking him that we've been calling. We've been needing to call him for the last like thirty minutes, so he is hopefully ready for us. And we're going to talk about your cousin, Cade Cunningham. <laughs> hopefully, lasts longer than my my father did at OSU, Mike Cunningham. Hello, Kyle. What's up? We're live. We're just we're jumping in. We're doing this. Okay. Um, we want to talk about Carson's cousin, Cade. <laughs> oh, I, I thought we were going to talk about uh, Carson's large adult son, Matthew Wolf, going pro. <laughs> I'm already. I was going to save that for my one interesting thing, but uh, I just saw the promotional video. Matthew Wolf. People don't know Matthew Wolf just turned pro. He put out a promotional video saying he was joining TaylorMade, and he had a a wolf head cover that was awesome, very Tiger esque, and uh, I could not be more excited. He's going to play the Travelers. Up. He's going to play the Travelers and play six of seven weeks, and the Travelers is June seventeenth. So mark it down. Big deal. He might play seven of seven weeks if he. Uh, well, I guess he's probably playing the opposite field event to the Open Championship. He might get into. The, he might win the Travelers and get into the Open, Carson. He might win the Open. <laughs> settle down <laughs> settle down <laughs> okay let's let's bring it back let's let's make the nice transition from matthew wolf to Cade cunningham uh kyle help us out here like what what's going on uh things are happening i i don't know what exactly what's happening but like two weeks ago uh i'll kind of give you like the broad overview but 
Two weeks ago, uh, Kate Cunningham played in the Dallas EYBL circuit, in, in uh, obviously in Dallas, and a lot of national college basketball insiders came away thinking, number one, that Kate Cunningham was far and away the best player in the country, and obviously the, the best player who played in Dallas. And number two, that he was leaning OSU, and, and in fact, Evan Daniels and Jerry Meyer, two respected national voices, both uh, used their crystal ball predictions to make uh, predictions that OSU was going to land him. So uh, kicked the tires around with some people, and, and I talked to one person who said that they're almost certain, and that was the exact words they used, that, uh, that he's coming to Oklahoma State. So uh, he is a top five player in this class. I think he's ranked number three overall in, in the 2020 class. And, uh, yeah, this would probably be the biggest recruiting coup uh, in OSU basketball history. So, so things well, are happening. I guess the the pessimist who is not a fan of OSU would say, "How in the world is OSU in on these guys?" But I assume Mike Boyne's been watching him for quite some time. Just what? How long has he been recruiting this guy? OSU was the first program to offer him way back in the day, and he's he's been identified for a long time. And you know, basketball it's really easy to kind of project guys. It's like. When you're 12, 13 years old, it's like this guy's gonna be good. He has good physical tools. He's a guy who's like six foot eight, but plays point guard. Um, just just a freak athletic specimen. Uh, but yeah, OSU and Boynton has been recruiting him longer than anyone else. So I think that's gonna play a huge factor here. Kentucky, Duke, Kansas, all those programs are are obviously have already offered and still recruiting him. Um, but you know, Boynton Boynton knows how to recruit. He knows how to develop relationships, and I think that's obviously playing a, a big factor here six eight point i am just freaking out <laughs> i don't i don't i don't know what to do here uh so some of the news that came out this week 247 sort of reclassified its top 200 i guess they do their top 247 their top 247 yeah. guys and uh so cunningham's three now he was i think six or something yeah he was and, i think eight, some, somewhere around there the bigger news, though, I think possibly mm-hmm. is that is that Bryce Thompson, uh, who's out of Oklahoma, went from like 80th to in the top 20. He's 19th now. Yeah. So you're looking at two guys that you could you could reasonably say Oklahoma State is the favorite for that are in the top 20 in the country. Yeah, I think Bryce moved up something like 70 spots in the national rankings. I've been slamming my fist on the table saying that this guy's a top 20 player in the class um, <laughs> just because he's so good. Like, I, I know uh, I may be a little bit of a homer because he's a he's a Tulsa guy and I'm a Tulsa guy and I've seen him play a lot. But he's a guy who, like, he's a combo guard. He's really long. He can create his own shot. And I think those skills are just at a premium in, in the NBA and especially in college. So, not surprising. Um, I think that OSU, if I were to guess, I'd say OSU is the favorite. But OSU, I think, it is pre- maybe not in as good a spot that, as they are with Cade Cunningham because Bryce is now being courted by North Carolina and Michigan mm. State and Kansas and Texas A&M, all these, all these major programs. And uh, his dad, Rod, played for Bill Self back in uh, at TU in the late 90s. I think there's a comfort level there with, with the Thompsons and with Self. So... That's something OSU will have to overcome. I, I've heard that you know Boynton has really made it a pointed effort to try and get in with Rod and his family. I think that they're, they're actually really tight, but I don't know if uh, if the gap there between the Selfs and the Thompsons are going to be too hard to overcome. 
Man, if if Mike Boynton starts winning recruiting battles against Bill Self, who coached the the guy's father, then yeah, then what are we in store for? I mean, it, uh, Kyle, I'm I, frankly I'm stunned that they have a better chance at Cade Cunningham than Bryce Thompson. But I guess that's what you're telling me. That that that's wild to me. Yeah, we actually we may be in store for a new head coach if that keeps happening because a lot of programs are going to probably start flocking to Stillwater, thinking what it's what's it what's it going to take to get Boynton. Uh, away from Stillwater. That would be my guess, but I don't know. I, I feel like OSU would not let him get away. They're going to have to pay him eventually if he starts winning, though. So so you think so you think Carson's cousin is more likely to come than Thompson if so I guess one of my mm-hmm. questions is like who are the dominoes behind these guys? Like if they start falling then and I know you wrote about this a little bit last week, but what what happens beyond that and and what yeah. How does that set Oklahoma State up to potentially have like a top ten or a top fifteen or a top five class? I think it depends on the timing. Like if you look at what OSU has in the twenty twenty class now, uh, Devontae Davis is the only commit that is in the class, and he's he's top one hundred point guard. He's really good. He's a good scorer. Um, Dustin Ragusa, who does a lot of really good recruiting stuff for us, absolutely loves him. Um, but <laughs> Kate Cut, he, he loves everyone, by the way. But Yeah, like if Cade Cunningham today is just like, all right, I'm coming to OSU, let's do this, let's build a super class, let's be the next Fab Five, I think that would really impact a lot of players' decision. Um, We're talking about like Isaiah Todd, the five-star from Virginia. We're talking about Bryce Thompson, who we just mentioned is is now a five-star in in the 2020 class. We're talking about uh, Dayton Holman, a guy who's from Norman, who who is now in Arizona. He's a 6'6 combo guard. I think all those guys would probably strongly consider OSU, but Cade Cunningham and players of his stature typically wait until the last minute to make a decision. I don't know if that's going to impact any of OSU's momentum, but I would be surprised if he made a decision anytime soon, and for that, I, I think that it could stall some momentum for OSU. I still think OSU's class is going to be really good, but it, we, it may be a while before we see kind of the fruits of Boynton's labor on the recruiting trail. Um, especially it relates to Bryce Thompson and, and Kate Cunningham. I expect that they'll take it down to the wire. Well, now I'm just getting greedy. What about uh, Isaiah Todd? Where do they stand <laughs> with him? <laughs> I I think that one may be kind of a moonshot chance. I, I don't know that, that, that OSU is in a good spot. I think for a while there, OSU was in good position, but maybe not like the favorite. And I think OSU has kind of fallen – outside of that maybe top three that he's considering. He's, he's from Virginia, so I would expect him to probably stay in the region. Um, North Carolina's recruiting him. Kentucky's recruiting him. Kansas is recruiting him. I, I, I think, you know, if, if him and Cade Cunningham have this, like, backdoor deal where they decide they want to play together, that wouldn't surprise me. I, I, I would probably lose my mind and immediately buy season tickets, but... I don't. I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, I think Isaiah Todd is the five star that is the least likely to come to OSU. That OSU still has a chance with. I, I don't. I don't. I don't know what to do with all this information. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's it's uh, you know, it's a long way to go. But you know, I, I think that you can see <clears throat> the trajectory of Boynton in terms of building recruiting classes. You know, this year's yeah. was better than last year's and next year's looks like it's going to be better than this year's. And I think that's a, I think that's a good thing because I think, you know, look like Travis Ford put together some good recruiting classes, but it never felt like a 
great trajectory. It felt like he was kind of all over the place a lot of times. Like he was just scrambling every year. Uh, and he did it. They they recruited really well under him. Yeah. But I think that the excitement for me comes to the fact that it feels like Boynton can actually coach the guys that he gets. It's, it's kind of weird because I think OSU is recruiting at a level where they're going to be sustaining NCAA tournament runs year in and year out. But Boynton's entering year three, and I, I think there's a little bit of pressure on him to win. Um, yeah. So, like, there's this, like, awkward thing where I think a lot of people are really, really excited about what he's doing, what he's recruiting, and the future of the program. But he's in year three. I think he probably needs to get to the NCAA tournament. Um, so it's, but you know, if you talk to people like around OSU, there's so much excitement just because obviously the Cape Cunningham news is huge. Um, and yeah, just people, oh, what, have, been, people have been into here. that, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Really into it. Um, they're going to be, they're going to be young next year though. So I think people kind of need to keep their expectations tempered because yeah, they have a lot of talent. You know, the, the Boone twins, my large adult sons are going to be really good, but <laughs> I don't think that they're going to be program changing, and they're all they're going to be a young team next year. Yeah, the Boone. Yeah. We're moving into the Boone Cunningham era. I, I yeah. can't wait. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they're going to hire us as managers. Can't wait. I need a. I need a <laughs> I, we need to add a porter in there. Um, okay, you guys. Do you guys want to just go ahead and just close it out right now with one interesting thing? You got? Can Can you come up with something by the time we, uh, me and Carson go? Boone, oh, I Kyle? Could, I could probably I could probably wing it. Okay. Carson, you want to you want to start us off? Well, he took mine. Well, I was going to talk about Matthew Wolf going pro. Well, you can, you can still you can still do it. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm fired up. Um, I'm interested to see what he signed for with Taylor. How much did Taylor made pay him? I know he already played Taylor made clubs, but uh, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm prepared for him to win the Travelers to to be paired with Tiger in the final group at uh, Pebble once he wins his way into. Or wait, he can't play at Pebble. Yeah, tra- like next week. Travelers, Travelers <laughs> is the week after the US Open. Okay, maybe uh, maybe he'll win the British then. Okay. Uh, <laughs> no, that's but no. I that... mean, I think I think he's already on the marketing train. He's got the Wolf head cover. I think we're going. That's only the beginning of the the marketing we're going to see for him. I think this guy's got superstar written all over him. Yeah, okay. no, that that's that's it's incredibly exciting. I'm fired up to watch him over the next few months and hopefully he plays his way to get his tour card for for 2020 uh my one interesting thing i was reading about this carson we talked about it earlier with the big 12 moving a lot of its stuff to espn plus next year here's the caveat that i didn't mention in that and that's that none of texas's stuff at least home games uh gets put on espn plus and none of OU's stuff gets put on espn plus it's it's only the other eight teams because those teams had pre-existing deals. Obviously, Texas with the Longhorn Network and OU. I, I think it's with Fox or Fox Sports or I don't know. I don't know what the actual entity is. Um, but so like the only content that gets put onto ESPN Plus from the Big Twelve is non-OU and Texas stuff, unless those teams are like on the road, like Texas playing baseball at Oklahoma State or something. I thought that was fascinating. And I went way too deep into like the intricacies of all that on a post, but people should go read it anyway. <laughs> I think Kyle had to edit that actually. Yeah. 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 That right. doesn't uh, seem good for the league, but no, it's not interesting. But nonetheless. That's, that's the way it, yeah, that's just the way it was. Uh, my one interesting thing is uh, another Kate, Kate Bennett. Shout out to Kate Bennett. He committed OSU this past weekend. 
Uh, he's from Arizona. He's an offensive lineman. And uh, it, I don't think Kate Bennett is the interesting thing. The interesting thing is the behind the scenes that OSU is getting not only recruits from Arizona, but the coach that is landing these recruits, I think, is uh, maybe unheralded to the moment, but probably going to get a shine soon. Charles Dickey was on staff uh, at Kansas State for 10 years. And uh, obviously, when Snyder retired, he did not have a job. OSU nabbed him, and he did a lot of good recruiting and good development, more so development at Kansas State. Uh, recruited a lot of like junior college kids and a lot of two-stars. But if you look at OSU's class right now, two of the th top three recruits are offensive linemen, Eli Russ and Trent Pullen. And Cade Bennett is a, is a three-star, and I think he's probably like somewhere around top 700 in the class. So. Charles Dickey, shout out to Charles Dickey. I think he's one of the more interesting things that uh, has piqued my interest. I think he's doing a really good job, and uh, for OSU and its offensive line development, I think he's uh, he's he's actually been a really good fit. Awesome. This is this is why Gundy just doesn't care if you leave. He's like, oh, I'm gonna hire someone good. I'll be fine. Yeah, like I think he he's he's done he's done a really good job, and replacing Josh Henson, who a lot of people thought was OSU's best recruiter, I think he's he's really fit in well. I'm excited about this football season, man. The new offensive coordinator, new O-line coach. I'm, I'm fired up for everything. Softball, basketball, football. Let's yeah. get the blog. Golf. Absolutely. Golf. Baseball. Yeah. No, it's great. Uh, good stuff, guys. Kyle, great job as always on uh, the recruiting and reporting. You and, you and uh, Dusty have been killing it. Uh, Carson, Ooh. good stuff Dusty. on here. Do I get to call him Dusty? I don't know. I'm just, I'm just I don't know. I'm off the rails. Big I, I, I can't get my I can't get my mind right after all this recruiting news. I'm just I'm my mind is swimming. I'm, do you have your <laughs> Do you have your Keith Brumbaugh throwback jersey on right now? <laughs> I thought about mentioning him. Yeah, that wasn't the greatest. Uh, he's like he's like the ninth best recruit in Oklahoma State history, maybe seventh. Yeah. Here, here's uh, the top recruits in OSU history: Gerald Green, number one in the 2005 class. Obviously, didn't play at OSU. LeBrian Nash, number eight in the 2011 class. I didn't realize he was that high. Marcus yeah. Smart, number 10 in the 2012 class. And then Cade, Cade Cunningham, who obviously is not committed. He's number three in the 2020 class. So there's an argument to be had. He would be the best OSU recruit in, uh, in history. Oh, boy. Yeah. You need yeah. to lay down, Kyle? You I, need a, <laughs> I need a fan or something. <laughs> I'm sweaty. <laughs> <laughs> okay great stuff guys carson i know you gotta get going kyle we will talk soon and okay yeah you guys have a good weekend okay good to see you, see you guys see you.